On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks reportedly made a couple of minor changes to their front office recently. Team USA has officially qualified for the quarterfinals at the 2022 IIHF World Championship. And then to wrap things up will be defenseman Seth Jones's 2021-2022 season recap. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, May 24th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're watching or listening to the audio version of today's episode, excuse me, if you're listening to the audio of today's show and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally, just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. If you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from some of my tremendous listeners out there. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I'm really trying to keep boosting those numbers up. Go and smash the like button for me down below, and also go and comment as to what grade you think defenseman Seth Jones deserves for his performance this season. And last, be sure to go and ring the bell. Go turn on those push notifications so that you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop. For all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And to open things up this morning, I wanted to be sure to mention that the Chicago Blackhawks have reportedly made a couple of minor changes to their front office staff in the past couple of weeks. Of course, we know that Norm McIver has been brought on as the new assistant general manager and will be in charge of scouting. While Jeff Greenberg also is a new assistant general manager, he's going to be in charge of analytics and data tracking and all that good stuff. Uh, Well, apparently a couple of other folks in the front office have been let go by the Blackhawks here recently. I got to give a quick shout out to Chris Block and Al Camaglia from the Third Man In podcast for doing some great work as always. Great uh, Blackhawks fans out there on social media. Uh, They were the ones that first noticed that. Pierre Gauthier and Andre Nikolishin are no longer listed on the Chicago Blackhawks team website, suggesting that they have been let go here uh, by Davidson and the new staff that's in place. 
And for those of you who don't know, just some background on both of those two, Gautier was a uh, senior advisor of player personnel for the Chicago Blackhawks, and he was also former general manager of the Montreal Canadiens after being relieved by Montreal as GM uh, back in March of 2012. Gautier then joined the Blackhawks and was part of both the 2013 and 2015 Stanley Cup teams. So he, he had been here for quite a while, just over 10 years uh, until recently being let go. And then Andre Nikolishin was a Russian scout for the Blackhawks. He played in over 600 career NHL games himself from 1994 to 2004, including one season here in Chicago with the Blackhawks. Uh, and then after his playing days came to an end, he actually first became a head coach over in Russia. Uh, and then towards the end of the 2016 season, joined on with the Blackhawks as a Russian scout. So another front office guy who had been around for quite some time. Uh, but it seems like Davidson and his new staff that's in place, um, they're just trying to trying to give themselves, I think, a fresh slate and a fresh start. And Davidson, I think, wants to have people who he's positive are going to help be part of the changes here in the Blackhawks organization. Those are the only ones he still wants around. So um, just kind of, I think, really starting to put his stamp on things here with the Blackhawks. And of course, back in early March, we also uh, saw Davidson let go of uh, Ryan Stewart, who was an assistant general manager here for quite a while, as well as uh, Mark Kelly, who was uh, the longtime um, director of amateur scouting for the Blackhawks as well. So he, he's really just trying to clear things up and get a fresh start up there, I, I really believe. Uh, and looking at the areas that Gautier and Nicolation have impacted here recently, player personnel. It's been something that's kind of been a, an issue for this team for a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of this too, a lot of this decision could have to do with Davidson really wanting to start implementing Jeff Greenberg's systems and his data tracking and all that stuff. I think that's going to be involved in player personnel a lot. So it does kind of make sense with um, Davidson wanting to head in a different direction. Gautier's an experienced executive who. Uh, I don't want to throw like um, a title on him, but I feel like probably has some more old-fashioned mindsets. And Kyle Davidson and Greenberg, they're trying to pave a new way uh, up in the front office, if you will. So I think it does make sense to let uh, a guy like um, Pierre Gauthier go with those changes coming. And then for Nicolishin, one thing I thought about was how the Blackhawks really haven't had a Russian stud in their system since Artemi Panarin departed a few years ago. Um, overall, though, the scouting, you know, in Europe, the Blackhawks, I think, do a really good job in that area. They're probably one of the best teams in the NHL in that department. They always seem to do a good job of finding talent from the Czech Republic or Sweden or, or Finland or any of those countries over there. Um, but we just haven't had a, a, an outstanding Russian prospect or anything close to that really uh, again, since Artemi Panarin left after the 2016-17 season. so um, And this is another area where Davidson really wants to put emphasis on drafting, uh, scouting overseas, player development, player personnel. Those are things that he really uh, is focused on in changing and making sure that the Blackhawks are more efficient in those areas in order to help turn things around as part of this rebuild. So uh, we've already seen him, you know, make some changes. As I said, Ryan Kelly or uh, 
Ryan Stewart and Mark Kelly were let go back in March, and now he's made a, a, another couple here by letting go of Pierre Gauthier and Andre Nikolishin. All right, there are a couple of minor changes made in the Blackhawks front office recently. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into Team USA clinching a spot in the quarterfinals of the 2022 IIHF World Championship against Team Switzerland. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Summer is coming, and you're going to need some food for being on the go. Well, Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you everywhere you go. Throw them into your bags, into your kids' backpacks, and make sure that everyone has a bar to be fueled for their summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars is that they're both delicious and healthy. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health, because with Built Bar, you can have both. You can get the best of both worlds. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best tasting protein bars on the market. With flavors like banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, birthday cake, which I recently just got to try. I actually had one about uh, 15 minutes before recording uh, for breakfast to get my day started. Uh, and best of all, these Built Bar Puffs, they're tremendously tasty. That goes without saying. I just listed off the flavors for you. Who wouldn't want a protein bar tasting like banana cream pie or a churro or birthday cake? I mean, they really don't taste like protein bars when you're eating them. It's kind of goofy. Uh, and the best part, they're all under 150 calories and have 17 grams or more of protein. So head on over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's built.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two here this morning, I also wanted to be sure to provide some updates from the 2022 IIHF World Championship that's being taken place in Finland. First, Team USA uh, is currently in the middle of their final game before the playoff rounds against Team Norway. Last time I checked, they were up two to nothing. Um, but win or lose from the United States here today, they have already officially clinched for the uh, clinched their spot in the quarterfinals of the World Championship, where they will be taking on Team Switzerland, Philip Kurashev and Team Switzerland, I should say, in the first round. Um, so either. It doesn't matter if the United States comes out with a win or a loss today because Latvia dropped their final game. So uh, that clinched the United States in the fourth and final spot over in Group B. They currently have 10 points through their first six games. Uh, they could get up to 13 points, actually, if they finish things off here and pick up a win against Norway. Um, but what this means is that Blackhawks players, Seth Jones, Sam Lafferty, will officially be playing some more meaningful hockey here this summer. Uh, and they're going to have one heck of a challenge going up against Switzerland in the first round because uh, Switzerland is actually the top team currently. They have the most points out of anyone so far in the world championships. They only have one loss through their first seven games. So they've been really impressive. And for Kurashev, he's, um, he's given a helping hand through their first seven games. He's got four points, one goal, and three assists. Hopefully, he'll be able to create a little bit more. Uh, offensively during these playoff rounds to help Switzerland keep it going. 
Uh, I'm a little torn with some of these teams. Uh, I'm going to get into Lucas Reichel and Team Germany in a second. There's Philip Kershev and Team Switzerland. Obviously, being American, you want Team USA to do well and to get the job done. But I'd like to see, you know, Lucas Reichel in Germany make a run at it or Philip Kershev and Team Switzerland. You know, it would certainly mean a lot more for their countries if they could get a medal out of this. So then it, it, it would certainly mean more for those countries than it would for the United States. So I think it would be cool to see one of those underdog or, or sleeper countries uh, come away with the win or take home the gold medal. Ooh, excuse me, here at the World Championships. Um, but it's going to be a super fun first round for uh, Team USA and Team Switzerland. Um, United States, I mean, there's certainly a chance that they could lose that one. I know you think Team USA against Switzerland, that should be a bloodbath, but, you know, the rosters aren't usually what they are for international tournaments. To be fair, Team USA has gotten some help here recently. I believe uh, both these guys have actually scored goals against Norway this morning, uh, but Ryan Hartman and Matthew Boldy have now both joined on the team after the Minnesota Wild were knocked out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That certainly makes their roster uh, a little bit deeper and gives them a little bit of a better shot, I think, to make a run in the playoff rounds uh, with a couple of additions like that. But it should be super fun when those two teams, Team USA and Team Switzerland, take on one another in the first round on Thursday. Also, I just said, you know, Lucas Reichel and Team Germany, they're in contention here in the World Championships as well. Uh, they actually fell to Switzerland 4-3 to in a shootout earlier today. But they have also still clinched a spot in the playoff round of the World Championships. They're currently uh, sitting in second place in Group A, just behind Switzerland and just ahead of Canada. And in all three games that Lucas Reichel has played since joining on the team, uh, joining the team late, he's been spectacular. He's recorded a point in all three. He's got five points during that span, two goals and three assists. He's really made his presence felt since uh, being a late addition to Team Germany. So should be awesome to see Reichel and the Germans uh, playing some more meaningful hockey for their country. Obviously, that's another team who, you know, I don't think a lot of people expected to do all that well in this tournament, but here they are right near the top of Group A and uh, certainly are in the mix when they get down to just eight teams here on Thursday. And then Eric Gustafsson and Team Sweden also are currently the top uh, top team in Group B at the moment with 18 points. They still could be passed up by Finland if they win their final game here. Uh, but Sweden also is going to be taking part in the quarterfinals on Thursday, meaning all five Blackhawks players in this tournament will be moving on to the playoff routes. And I mean, that's exactly what we wanted to see um, out of this tournament. Our guys playing some good hockey, their country's playing well. Hopefully they'll be able to, to keep it up and, uh, Keep, keep putting up wins because I know a lot of people aren't really tuned into this tournament. I mean, I'm not watching game by game. I'm basically just watching highlights and watching some of the key clips and whatnot. Um, but it's fun because underdogs have a chance here. The sleeper teams have an actual shot because Team USA and Team Canada aren't loaded with all the talent. So um, it's cool to see teams like, I remember when Kevin Lankinen led Team Finland to a gold medal here a couple of years back. And that was really my first. Um, first glimpse of Kevin Lankin, and I was like, wow, this guy has a chance to be really good. So there's moments like that that can happen in this tournament where you feel um, like some special talent is coming up through the system in these next few years. Hopefully Lucas Reichel can keep that up. Philip Kurashev, 
always seems to play well for Team Switzerland in international appearances. Sam Lafferty is getting a heck of a shot with Team USA. Seth Jones is the captain. Uh, it's been awesome so far. Even Eric Gustafson, who isn't going to be a Blackhawk for very much longer, has been chipping in for his team. Uh, so that's exactly, again, what we wanted to see out of this tournament. Uh, give us some good hockey out of our players. Let their countries perform well. And so far, they've been doing just that. And it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to see which team is going to come up, come out on top when the playoff round begins on Thursday morning. All right, there are some updates out of the 2022 IIHF World Championship. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for defenseman Seth Jones's 2021-2022 season recap segment. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now this morning before I wrap things up. I still got to get into Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones's 2021-2022 season recap segment. And Jones is going to be the third member of the Blackhawks who will receive a grade from me for their performance this season. Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett were the first two to go. So if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, definitely go back to the show from the past couple of days. Give that a listen and see what grade I thought Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane deserved for their performance this season. But for Jones, I think this is going to be a segment that a lot of Blackhawks fans are interested in because there's a lot of, there are varying opinions on the kind of season that Seth Jones had this year. A lot of people think, you know, he was really good and he was steady, picked things up as a play one as the season went on, I should say. Well, there are others that think he was absolutely horrendous. And the question that I have for the people who thought he was horrible is, did you watch him with a tainted mindset this year because of the deal that Stan Bowman, the trade that Stan Bowman made to get him and uh, the contract that he dished out in the offseason? Because I really think that's the only way you can think Seth Jones was horrible this year. I think that's the only way you could think he had a poor season. and. Listen, I get the frustrations of, you know, Stan Bowman giving up quite a lot to get him and also the money that he dished out. I mean, um, it's not ideal. I'll tell you that. But at the same point, that's in the past now. Seth is here. He's going to be here for a lot longer. So can't we just try to put that in the past, especially because Stan Bowman isn't here anymore either. Can't we just try to put that in the past and um, try to fairly gauge what type of player Seth Jones is. And most importantly, can't we try to root for him? Can't we root for this guy to do well? Because there were way too many times this season where I'd be at a Blackhawks game and the people sitting around me would be absolutely dogging Seth Jones. They'd be absolutely on him, booing him when really he wasn't even playing badly. I just think people were booing him because they have this preconceived notion about his game like all right is Seth Jones a top five defenseman in the NHL probably not did he struggle early on in the season certainly did he make some boneheaded plays and have some bad turnovers absolutely but that doesn't mean that he wasn't the best defenseman for the Blackhawks by far and I still think he's probably somewhere in between the 10 to 20 range in terms of probably 10 to 15, honestly, if I'm being honest. I think he's in between the 10 to 15 range among defensemen in the entire NHL. 
Like, the way that Seth played this year, maybe it's not accurate in terms of what you would expect for a $9 million defenseman. That's certainly an overpay for the type of defenseman Seth Jones is. I don't know if he's a true number one of number ones on a contending team, someone who can carry the way himself on the back end, and that team still will be one of the best in the NHL. I don't know if he's that defenseman, but I know he's a top-pairing guy who provides a type of game that not very many people have at the NHL level, and certainly the Blackhawks don't have any of on the rest of their roster. I mean, first, he's the only defenseman on the Blackhawks that can carry the puck up through the neutral zone and make something happen offensively. He's the only one that can drive the pace of play for his team from the back end. He's also six foot four. I know he's not the most physical of defensemen, but he knows how to use his size to his advantage, particularly when the puck is on his stick. He's really good at using his body to shed off defenders. He skates like a deer. I mean, he's a really good skater for being how big he is. One of the best skating defensemen, I think, in the league. He's not Kale McCarr or anything like that, but he's a really good skating defenseman. He knows when to use that speed to his advantage. He knows when to jump up on the rush offensively. Uh, while he does, I think, I think everyone will agree, he definitely needs to shoot more and be more aggressive on the power play. He is already a proven quarterback up top and did a good job of distributing to his teammates. I mean, if you look at the power play goals that the Blackhawks scored this year, it was basically the triangle. It was Alex DeBrinkett, Patrick Kane, and Seth Jones at, at the top feeding them one-timers. He already knows how to quarterback a power play. I agree. He does need to shoot more. I mean, zero power play goals from him is completely unacceptable. There's there's no way around that. But I do think he's already a really good power play quarterback. Uh, he blocked a lot of shots this year, which I know is a bit indicative to how much defense the Blackhawks played as a team, but he was willing to sacrifice his body. We heard both Derek King and Kyle Davidson speak about how he grew into a leadership role as the year progressed as well. So. All of those things that Seth provides, really no other defenseman on the Blackhawks is able to do the same things, and there aren't many others across the entire NHL who can do that as well. So sure, he had his turnover issues. He got off to a really slow start, I thought. Uh, he made some boneheaded plays. Um, again, I, I agree, he's guilty of all those things, but to think that he was absolutely worthless and to think that he was horrible this season, that just... It makes me think, again, that people watched him with this tainted perspective that they wanted to root against him. They wanted this guy to do bad so they could rub it in Stan Bowman's face that he's such a bad general manager, that he made a bad deal and gave out way too much money. Okay, those things can be true, and Seth Jones can still be a good defenseman. Like Even if Seth Jones, like I said, maybe not a top five defenseman in the NHL, but he could still be really good while it still is an overpay and an overpay for both what Bowman gave up for him and the dollar amount that he handed him on this extension. All of those things can still be true. So I just don't get the hatred towards Seth Jones when this is someone who's going to be very crucial to the Blackhawks rebuild on the back end. I mean, if the Blackhawks want to be good again in three to four years down the road, Seth Jones is probably going to be a big part of that success. So I just don't get the tainted perspective. I just wish fans could go out there and actually appreciate his game because he really was a difference maker for the most part this season with the Chicago Blackhawks and did uh, a lot of things that 
um, no other defenseman on this team could do. He also led the NHL in time on ice this year. So he played a massive role in his first season with the Blackhawks. Again, it was a slow start, but as the season progressed, I definitely thought he got better and he had games where he was the best player on the ice. Simple as that. Uh, but taking a quick look at some of Seth's, Seth's numbers here from the season, I'm going to get into these real quick because I know I'm already rambling a little bit here because I feel some type of way about Seth Jones. I really do think, again, he's not a number one of number one defensemen. I don't know if he's a number one on a Stanley Cup contender, but he's a top pairing guy and definitely is someone that you can build around with the unique skill set that he has being so big, so fast. He's good on the offensive side. I do think he's got a little bit of work to do on defense, but all in all, um, he certainly was the best defenseman for the Blackhawks this year, and it wasn't even close. All right, getting into Seth Jones' numbers. Sorry that I didn't have those pulled up earlier. But in 78 games this season, Seth Jones recorded five goals and 46 assists for 51 points. Those 46 assists were a career high. 51 points were also the second most that he's accrued in a season. He had 28 penalty minutes. Zero power play goals, which is actually unfathomable. I don't know how a guy with his offensive skill set didn't score once on the power play this season, nor did any Blackhawks defenseman for that matter. Seth shot 2.6%, which is one of the lowest outputs that he's had in his career. His time on ice was 26 minutes and 13 seconds, not only first in the NHL, but the most that he's averaged for a season in his career. He also set a career high with 155 blocks. He added 99 hits, and despite the Blackhawks being one of the worst teams in the league, both in terms of the standings and on team defense, plus uh, they were absolutely dominated in terms of puck possession. They were not; they, they were stuck in their own zone more times than not for the majority of the campaign. And for Seth Jones to still have a 51.0 Corsi percentage, considering all that, I think that's super impressive because, listen, Seth was a minus 37 this year. And there are a lot of fans out there who say, minus 37 for a top-pairing defenseman that we're paying nine minutes. What are we doing? Okay, listen. Minus 37 is what's going to happen when you're the NHL leader in ice time on one of the worst teams in the league. If you're one of the worst teams in the league, you're giving up more goals than you're scoring. And Seth Jones is playing half the game. So minus 37 is what's, go- is what's going to happen in those circumstances. But for him to still have a positive Corsi percentage at even strength while he was on the ice for about 30 goals more than he was. Uh, he was on the ice for 30 more goals against than he was goals for this season. And his save percentage, the on-ice save percentage when Jones was out there was 87%, by far the worst of his career. To still have a positive Corsi percentage, I think tells you how much he's able to drive play from the back end and can actually help in the offensive zone, which I don't know if any other Blackhawks defenseman can do. This is really an impressive number. The fact that Seth plays so often and still ends up being on the ice for more shots and more shot attempts for than against at five on five. I think that tells you how much of an impact that he can play for the Blackhawks. So sure, was he on the ice for a lot more goals against than goals for? Yeah, that's what's going to happen when you're on a bad team. Your goaltenders are terrible. You're playing half the game. That's what's going to happen. So all in all, folks, to wrap this thing, wrap this thing up, I really gave this a good thought on what grade I'm going to give Seth Jones for his performance this season. I'm going to give him a flat B. Again, I think there are, there's, there's room for him to grow. No power play goals, unacceptable. His shooting percentage was down. That needs to go up a little bit more. He needs to get more aggressive with the puck on his stick. He needs to limit some of his boneheaded plays 
and needs to be there consistently night in and night out more often. I think that was one thing I noticed about Seth. There were some nights he didn't even look like he was a top four defenseman. When you're getting paid what you do and the Blackhawks are relying on him as much as they are, he can't afford to take nights off. So I think consistently he still has another level to go to. Um, but there were a lot of positives. He did. He set a career high in assists. He was the only Blackhawks defenseman that would help the team out offensively. A good power play quarterback, even though he wasn't scoring goals. And he played the most ice time of anyone in the NHL this year. So even though the Blackhawks were terrible, Seth Jones found a way to have some success out there on the ice, even though it was a pretty forgettable season for the most part. Uh, I thought he did his job well. There is still another level he needs to go to. But for the people that think he was worthless, I just don't understand that at all. So all in all, for the performance that he had this season, I am going to give Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones a flat B here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, May 24th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks wherever you get your podcasts and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news, uh, updates, and info from all the teams still alive in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown NHL right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.